Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. From hard news to pop culture, he's got you covered. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I was walking down the street when out the corner of my eye, I saw a pretty little thing approaching me. She said, I never seen a man who looks so all alone. Could you use a little comfort? October 20th, I uh, looked at a news story that was headlined. Marijuana having big impact on Denver real estate. And uh, ever since marijuana became legal in the state of Colorado, the uh, real estate values in the city of Denver have skyrocketed. There's so much, uh, you know, so much said. I mean, this helps or hurts the economies of certain states. The, the issue of marijuana has been around for so many years, and it's been argued all the way to the Supreme Court of Canada. And my next guest has argued about marijuana, the position of legalizing marijuana. At the Supreme Court of Canada, Professor Alan Young, law professor at Osgoode Hall at uh, York University, joins me on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Alan, it's good to talk to you. It's been a long time. Lenny Bruce, Lenny Bruce, in the 1960s said, marijuana is going to be legal in 10 years. You know why? Because all the law students are smoking it now. Yeah. Well, that was <laughs> the case when I was in law school in the late 70s. It was somewhat inevitable. It was never a question of if. It was always a question of when, quite frankly. So, uh, uh, has the argument for legalizing marijuana changed over the years, or has it remained consistent, the legal argument? No, you know, there's always a lot of different arguments that can be made. Uh, What's happening currently isn't so much the principled argument that it's the right thing to do and the Canadians have an autonomous right to decide what they want to put in their bodies. That's not the argument that's holding sway. It's an economic argument that we're just spending a lot of money on a futile battle, and we can raise a lot of tax revenue with, a, with respect to a fairly benign substance. And that's what changed the United States, because the United States had the most rabid and punitive policy, and they fell before we did, and it was largely uh, a numbers game. And it was always about money. It was the same reason we have legalized gambling in Canada. It wasn't like suddenly there was a new moral perspective in the 90s. It just we were cap, uh, cash-starved, and we wanted to find a new source of revenue. So it is a different argument today. Uh, fueled more on sort of utilitarian uh, grounds and not on principled grounds. You mentioned the United States. In the U.S., you've got the reality where certain states have legalized it, other states are still criminalized, have maintained it criminalized. Washington continues to insist it, it is a criminalized substance. Um, is Canada potentially facing a situation that would see a fractured country on the legalization of marijuana? Because just because Justin Trudeau says he's going to legalize it, recreational and medical marijuana use, that's no guarantee of success, right? More trips to the courts may be, may be expected. Well, it's 
it's hard to say. I mean, the federal government can unilaterally impose it on the entire country through their criminal law power and create a distribution system through the criminal law power. Or they could do what we did with alcohol at the turn of the last century, make it local option, and basically delegate it to provinces to decide whether they want to have this available for distribution. And then you would have divisive pockets throughout the country. I don't think it's going to go that route. I think it's going to be a federal, a federal initiative that will be nationwide. Let's talk about medical marijuana for for a minute, please. Um, The Supreme Court of Canada this year dealt, I thought, with medical marijuana. And uh, then I found out that Alberta's Doctors Provincial Association still refuses to endorse prescription medical marijuana. I spoke with an Alberta mother whose daughter experienced up to 100 epileptic seizures per day, and conventional anticonvulsion medication did nothing at all for the child. Medical marijuana oil eliminated the seizures completely, yet still her pediatric neurologist in, in Calgary stopped prescribing medical marijuana for the child because the doctor's association refused to sanction medical marijuana, and so the mother and child had to fly to St. Catharines, Ontario, in order to have a physician see the child and then write a prescription for medical marijuana, which now can be in Alberta. My head's starting to hurt, Alan. Yeah, no, I know. Look, there's a huge disconnect between what researchers and clinicians know and what your average physician knows, and no disrespect to the medical profession, but they've not done a very good job at keeping current on the research. The medical associations are still saying there's a, a dearth of research on this. There's a lot of research out there, and we see the efficacy, and it's about time they actually start reading some of the studies. I know there's a lot of unknown variables, And there's also the problem that smoking is a horrible delivery system for medicine, but there's other ways to take marijuana. Uh, I just have to say I find doctors quite ignorant on this issue. And I've spoken to many physicians, and when I sort of tell them of resources they can look at, I don't even know if they go back and check these things. You have to understand that doctors for decades understood and learned about new medicines by being taught by the pharmaceutical companies who had a vested interest to educate the doctors. Nobody's doing that here because there's really no stakeholder that can gain any economic interest from it. So it's a little bit unusual, I find, and sometimes I find the doctors quite insensitive to what their patients' needs are, and other doctors are very receptive. It'll probably take a generation to change this within physicians, and also the creation of standardized dosing will help, and getting delivery systems that aren't smokable will also help doctors come along. Don't governments have a responsibility here? Well, they do, but, you know, governments can't force doctors to undertake therapeutic treatments that they don't approve of. It really has to be a self-education by the medical associations, and they're doing a real ostrich effect here where they're sticking their head in the sand and saying, we don't see any studies, but if they lift their head out of the sand, they'll see it. It's not really a government responsibility. The government has to create the infrastructure for the distribution, effective distribution and safe distribution of this medicine, but really you can't dictate to doctors what treatment they'll prescribe. Let's come back to the issue of recreational marijuana. Gateway Drug is uh, what a very successful drug dealer told me. He said, uh, we introduced um, our customers to marijuana because we knew we could then introduce them to more uh, powerful drugs uh, along the line. The other people have said, no, that's absolute nonsense. It doesn't happen that way. The body doesn't react that way. What's the what's what's the truth as far as that's concerned, and what's the argument that you would make to uh, somebody who would say, "Look, it's a gateway drug." Yeah, yeah, that that was a '70s argument. There was really no research to support that. And the, the last statistics I looked at when I did the case about 10, 15 years ago 
was something like one in nine people who try marijuana try cocaine, and one in 20 who try marijuana try heroin. That's really a gate closer. That's not a very high statistic. Very few people are stepping up. So there is no evidence that marijuana is a stepping stone to harder drugs. It's a personality characteristic trait if people take more dangerous drugs. But it's interesting you mention this, because the reason why Holland decriminalized in the 70s, the first jurisdiction to do it, was they were desperate to separate the markets. They didn't want people who were selling marijuana also to have heroin available, because they had a big heroin problem there. So they wanted to make marijuana legal so people could buy marijuana from a source that was also not trying to peddle harder drugs. So it, the gateway theory, which doesn't exist, is actually a reason to legalize if you believe in it. You just used the word decriminalize. I uh, had a conversation with Paul Martin when he was prime minister. He came into my studio and we talked about that. And I said, Mr. Prime Minister, and he was all for uh, for decriminalizing because Martin Cochon, who had been the yes. justice minister for Chrétien, I think he was also for Paul Martin. Yeah, I uh, remember all this. Yeah. yeah, so he had pushed decriminalization. I said, you decriminalize it, you're still forcing the purchaser of marijuana to deal with a criminalized drug dealer. Decriminalize. If you're going to take the step, take the step. Don't put your toe in the, in the, in the shoe without pulling the heel over the back of your foot. Oh, there's some truth to that, but you've got to understand, when you talk about decriminalization, you're probably also talking about decriminalizing production so people can self-produce for themselves. So, for example, in the Czech Republic, everyone's entitled to grow 5 or 10 or 15, I can't remember the exact number, plants. And so you don't necessarily have to push people into a black market when you decriminalize. Decriminalize is really just the first step to remove a very cumbersome criminal sanction to a fairly benign activity. Then you've got to decide, okay, we don't have criminal law. Do we want to regulate it in the public interest? And I think most jurisdictions go to the second step, largely because of tax revenues, but also because there are some issues about restricting availability to minors and some issues in terms of driving. So decriminalize is a good first step, but probably not the last step in law reform. I know you have to leave us at about 10 to 5. I have to take a break here, then I have one more question for you, okay? No problem. Uh, Alan Young, law professor at uh, Osgoode Hall, York University, has argued the case of uh, legalizing marijuana all the way to the Supreme Court of Canada. He also said he doesn't trust politicians. We'll come back. Uh, Alan Young, law professor, Osgoode Hall, York University. We're talking about marijuana legalization of, and Alan has argued the case, as I've said to you before, all the way to the Supreme Court. While while, While the commercials were on, Alan, I got back to thinking about the medical marijuana argument and the and the and the cases, I had uh, I had the the mother from Alberta as I mentioned on on the show, and uh, and her daughter was suffering these up to a hundred seizures a day, and and I wonder what it is that what what makes people so obstinate uh, as to not uh, understand that if the marijuana the medical marijuana relieves a child of all uh, seizures, why be obstinate and fight it? And now we're hearing that. Marijuana may, in fact, turn out to be a, a cancer-fighting agent, too. There's, there's so much to this substance. Sure. Well, you know, one of the things I want to mention is one of the casualties in the war on drugs is the fact that since 1923 and the Prohibition, we've done no research on the therapeutic value of marijuana, despite the fact it was in every patent medicine at the turn of the century. So it may be a lifesaver. It does seem to appear to reduce seizures and spasms. It is reducing tumors in in test tubes. So we don't know much about it because nobody funded the research. All we wanted to do was show how harmful it was, which we weren't successful in doing. So unfortunately, we're in a stage right now where we have anecdotal evidence of fantastic uh, assistance 
for these young children with seizures, but a lot of people are unwilling to accept it as some sort of you know, wacky alternative medicine, almost like faith healing. It's going to take some while till the research is done to show people what the mechanism of action is, why it's helping. In the meantime, my attitude's always been if it's helping someone who's seriously ill, let them do what they need to do, regardless yeah. of whether or not there's clinical studies. But unfortunately, a lot of people still have some hysteria surrounding this and feel it may be more harmful for children than helpful. But they, they really are remaining ignorant as to the therapeutic potential for marijuana. And by the way, the, the, the compound that's reducing spasms and seizures would not be THC in any event. It would probably be cannabidiol, CBD, which is non-psychoactive. So if we were doing the research over the decades, we would already have a non-psychoactive cannabis-based product available for children with epilepsy. Right. We're, we're decades behind all that. The challenge uh, to medical marijuana wouldn't have anything to do with the fact that you can't get a 10-year patent on it, would it? Yeah. Well, that, that was always the reason why pharmaceutical companies didn't want to really indulge in this sort of research because they couldn't see their way through about how you patent a herbal medicine because, yeah, the patent protection isn't as strong. And they also knew it would take decades of research to identify the compounds that work because there's over 60 different cannabinoid compounds in the plant. So they just backed away from it. Uh, oddly enough, you know, despite the fact that everyone's saying marijuana has no medical value, you know the U.S. government's held a patent on CBD, that compound, for like 30 years. They've known about its medical value. They just weren't willing to change their drug policy to look at it. That's very interesting. I always found that very, That's very interesting. It's a patent out. So you pass the law, you maintain the law that keeps it illegal, but you get a patent on the on the substance that you've made illegal. It's a little bit of a paradox, but most things in criminal justice down south are kind of strange. What does the uh, sensible marijuana law look like to Alan Young? I don't really know, uh, to be honest with you, but I don't think it's rocket science. We already have a distribution program and regime for alcohol, which is a far more dangerous drug than marijuana. So it strikes me if we can come up with the regime that we find acceptable and in the public interest for the sale of alcohol, we pretty much follow that model for cannabis. Though I must tell you personally, I've always been more of a decriminalization guy. It's a plant, let people grow it and use it, and that's fine. But that's not the world we live in. We commodify things. Money makes the world go round. So this will be a large-scale production system, and we just have to figure out the mode of distribution that we feel is in the public interest, and probably alcohol is the model we would, we would pick. A couple of days ago, I read a story uh, in several media outlets that uh, the expectation is there's going to be an increase in pot shops across this country as soon as uh, Justin Trudeau was elected. Yeah, no, it's been happening for six months. It's another disconnect that worries me a bit. People are acting like there is no longer a law. Meanwhile, I'm defending people on production charges who are facing the mandatory minimums that Harper set up. So on the one hand, we're talking about legalizing cannabis. On the other hand, under the current law, there are people who have to go to jail if convicted. So uh, there's still a lot of work to be done. But, yes, right now in Toronto and Vancouver, you throw a rock, you're going to hit a, a cannabis dispensary, which they're hiding a little bit behind the whole medical spectrum. But it really is just, you know, distribution of marijuana uh, without restriction because people really feel the law has been spent. And, quite frankly, the police don't have a great interest in most jurisdictions in enforcing the law. They never really have, quite frankly. They, they're much more worried about the harder drugs. Yeah, you know, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm not all that engaged in the, uh, in the recreational argument for marijuana, but uh, if, it, if it helps people medically, if it helps people deal with seizures, if it does away with significant and, and debilitating pain, for God's sake, let people use it. It's a no 
no-brainer, right? It's a no-brainer. And that's why, you know, a lot of my challenges to the cannabis law were unsuccessful, but every challenge I brought on medical use was successful. Uh, judges, for the most part, are older people. They have aches and pains. They understand the idea. If you find something that helps you be functional in your day-to-day with your aches and pains, you should be allowed to do it unless there's some, you know, compelling reason not to. So well, actually all my marijuana, medical marijuana cases, were very easy to win in court. We're trying to convince the court that legalization and that it's a benign substance, that was an uphill battle. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've got people who are living with excruciating pain. That's why so many uh, people in the in, on this continent, older people, living in excruciating pain, that's why they use uh, opioids, uh, to 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 control the pain. So the op- opioids are now uh, the the target of uh, of abuse and the targets of politicians' attention. But then you get the natural substitute for the opioid, and that's the then also the the uh, being challenged by doctors. It's it's crazy. No, it'll take some time. But let me let me just say this: the reason why marijuana is such a good medicine is because it's very safe compared to conventional pharmaceuticals. The substance doesn't have a lethal lethal dose. The safety margin is very good. And once I say that, that's really paving the road towards legalization in general. Because if it's that safe for medical use, then it's that safe for recreational use. And most people who actually read the studies and look at it carefully understand that it is a relatively benign substance. Then in the hands of a very small few, it will be abused. But for the most part, people use it responsibly with very little, little negative impact on society. Alan, always good talking to you. Thank you very much for the Thank time. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Professor Alan Young from uh, Osgood Hall at York University on the issue of legalizing marijuana. I don't really have any stake in or interest in the recreational use of marijuana. I tried it three times in my life. I never smoked cigarettes. So the the whole idea of of, uh, of inhaling intentionally inhaling smoke into my lungs, <clears throat> excuse me, just is just really strange to me. The whole idea of just sucking smoke into your lungs, if you don't understand that that's not good for you. Um, but uh, but but the the medical marijuana, if it helps kids with seizures, and we had the parents on this program, tell us that their children, a three year old girl and a nine year old. Suffering up to a hundred daily epileptic seizures using anticonvulsion medication, they weren't being helped. But then they used the medical marijuana oils, as you heard, and the seizures went to zero. One of the dads actually had a medical researcher on the show with him, and they're looking into it. So we're slowly getting to the point where, if it's if it, if, it, if it can help people medically, just What's that old Nike slogan? Just do it. We'll come right back.